How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. Nice one. Nice one. Yeah, we have some big news tonight, though, don't we? Ah, uh, we do. I've been leading up to this for a while. Yeah, yeah. It was a date that was listed for months and months, and the anticipation was building and building and building, and it happened. It is. Yesterday. February 19th. February 19th is was the official day, but people were so excited about it, they launched it a couple of days early. Amazing. Amazing. What is that, Dr. Joe? What did they launch? So what we have launched is the second printing of Outsmarting Anger. Outsmarting Anger um, was a book that Lee Devine and I wrote in 2013. Oh, I can't believe it's that long ago. It won the 2013 Books for Better Life Best Psychology Book of the Year. I will show you the cover, although it's a little bit different now, but this is basically the cover for those who can see it here. Outsmarting Anger, Seven Strategies for Diffusing Our Most Dangerous Emotion. Because anger is, isn't it? Anger can lead to the expression of anger, which is aggression. And aggression can do a lot of damage. But as I say in the book, there's nothing wrong with anger. It's what you do with it that matters because some of the most important social changes in the world have occurred because there was a sense of anger and injustice because anger is an emotion designed to change things. Think about every time you've been angry. What has been going on in your life that you wanted to see different? Because Anger is when we want somebody to start something or stop something. Just think about that. Even today, you may have gotten angry about something. Think about it. What did you want to see different? This is probably the most important thing and the first step out of the seven steps. So for anybody who's listening on YouTube, if you want to head over to the Facebook page and the Dr. Joe Show Facebook page where you want to Call in and, and tell Ben something. Uh, you can do that. Tell us about what makes you angry. If something happened today. What was it? And the reason I wanted to get the book out there again is because there is a lot of anger in the world right now. There's a lot of anger. So I'm interested. What do people want to see different? It's still an I am, right? I am, we're always doing the best we can. So even anger means that this is your I am. But what do people want to see different? That's what I'm really interested in. And how do we get there? How do we get people to share their anger with us without us getting afraid, without somebody else getting scared? 
without somebody else getting anxious. I think there's only one way to do it, and that's through the power of respect. And that's really what outsmarting anger is all about. We'll get there, but sort of punchline is, no pun intended, you like that? Sorry, it's an anger punchline thing. But uh, when's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? Right? Tom Shaken said never. Impossible. Right? Impossible, exactly. And that's part of the I am, right? Let's look again at why people do what they do. Let's treat people with respect. The brain can't get angry. It just can't. And as I say, this has the same reliability as gravity. Apples don't fall up, and the brain does not activate anger when it feels respected, because anger is an emotion designed to change things. Being respected feels great. Why would I want to change that? What do you think about that, Mark? In, in your field, there must be some people who get angry every now and then. They do. They do, and it's um, <clears throat> sometimes it's understandable, but sometimes it's really frustrating. Um, and what was really eye-opening to me was your explanation of anger. You want somebody to do something differently, right? And it it's true in every single situation. And it's nice to have that simplified understanding of it because it, it it allows you to step back and say, okay, why are they angry? What do they want to happen different than what's happening right now? Yep. Why are they angry with that other person? That other person is looking to sell them a house, right? Okay. And that buyer is upset with something that the seller has done. So how do we diffuse that? How do we step back and say, okay, you're, you're angry because you think that this person is doing something specifically to upset you. They're not newsflash. They are not. Mm. And maybe if we could sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about it, you'd realize that there's, a few different variables that are happening in between you and them. And we need to take a step back and look again. Yep. Yep. And you know, what's interesting, Mark, is you use the word frustrating and you use the word upset to describe these people. So just think about that for a moment, because there are so many words for anger, right? And that's one of the first steps that you can do because whenever you get angry, the first thing to do is to recognize it. The first step in the seven steps to outsmart anger is recognize rage. Recognize the anger. But come up with your own scale. Your own scale from one to ten of different words for anger and put them in your scale. And so, you know, a certain word like frustrated, you know, you may assign a three to it, but something like enraged, you may assign an eight to it or murderous rage could be a 10. Anything over a five on your scale is an increased risk for aggression, which is the enactment of anger. We don't want people to be aggressive. Again, there's nothing wrong with anger. 
it's what you do with it. So I'm just wondering, we've got frustrated. Give me another couple of words for anger. Mad. Mad. Calm. Upset. Upset. We had enraged, right? Enraged. Livid. Livid. Nice one, yeah. Incensed. Incensed. Thank you, Benipotent. Ticked off. Ticked off. Peeved. Peeved. And there's another P word in there as well. I don't know. Can we say that on the air? Piddle. That's it. Piddled. Peddled. <laughs> Peddled. Peddled. Irritated. Annoyed. I feel like there's so many more great words that are just turning blank. Vexed. Ooh. Right. So, I mean, just think about this. Postal, you know. There are many words for anger. And so one of the first things you do is create your own anger scale between 1 and 10. And then when you get angry, you can rate it. Because you know what? You may be a little bit angry if somebody cuts you off in line, you know, at, at the grocery market or in while you're driving, you know, road rage. But you may be very angry about certain other things. Because there is nothing more frustrating than litigation for people. Hmm. Two parties drop the gloves and go to war, basically, through the litigation process. There is nothing more disheartening in my mind to watch than two people get as angry as possible with one another. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why mediation is so important. And this is something that you're now, I mean, you've, you've gotten trained in it, right? Yeah. Certified. certified in it. Yep. Yep. And it's, and it's so nice because it's really, it's a dollar for dollar savings. It's, there's so much benefit in it intrinsically when it comes to, you know, saving those relationships, right? Why are we letting our emotions stir out of control so we're going to hate each other for the rest of our lives as opposed to understanding that we have our differences and we need to terminate a certain relationship whether it's business or or familiar and we can still be friends we just can't be business partners or we can't be spouses with one another we but we could still be friends and and have mutual respect for each other and continue relationships maybe you're still raising children with one another but when you go to battle you know and the doorbell rings and the sheriff is serving you with another notice of a deposition and another notice to be appear in court and uh answer interrogatory and just on and on and on that sent me another one and bring it to work and bring it into everything of your life can be completely avoided yeah, it can through be. a process that's it's it's a, a different way of resolving the dispute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anger, remember, is the fight branch of the fight, flight, freeze response. Mm-hmm. It is approaching someone with the intention to get them to change. So the first step, recognize rage, and you know, in terms of mediation, what's the second? In terms of why is someone angry? So here's the sort of global thinking. The second step in outsmarting anger is to envision envy. 
we get angry when we think somebody has more than us. And from a deep biological point of view, it's because we think we're at a disadvantage. If somebody has more than us, and there are three basic things that animals want, right? They want food, shelter, and the ability to reproduce. In outsmarting anger, we globalize those a bit. And we call them the three R's. Resources, residents, and relationships. So resources, obviously you know, money, but it could be a house. It could be time with the children in a way. It could be any number of resources. Think about the resources that you have in your life. You know, you've got maybe a cell phone. You've got maybe a car. You've got resources. And sometimes we get envious that somebody has more resources than we do. And we want to bring them down because we want to level that playing field. Sometimes we think people have better relationships, right? That their relationship is better. I've got a better relationship with my boss than you do. Somebody may think, wow, I'm envious of their relationship with that boss because if they've got a good relationship, that person is going to be at an advantage over me for getting a raise. So envy, right? Envision envy, resources, relationships, and residents. Think about this for a moment. We see towns compete with other towns on the sports field. Okay, perfectly benign, reasonable way. But what about when an entire country thinks that another country has more resources, more a safer residence that can lead to war so recognize rage envision envy but there's the opposite sense suspicion if I think that someone is envious of me I will be suspicious about them I will be suspicious that they will want to take my resource residence or relationship to level the playing field. And that I think is part of what you see a lot, maybe Mark, and I don't mean to pose on it in mediation and in, in the work when there's anger, is this person trying to rip me off? Right. I, that person has got more than me. Go ahead. What do you think? Well, there's a win lose mentality with a lot of people, right? And mediation, you, it kind of takes that away. So a lot of people will resist mediation simply because they think there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. Mm. And that's what a, lit, a litigation attorney will, will prey on, right? Because we have got to continue to fight until the end. And, um, and that's not necessarily the best way. It's right. actually, there's, it's probably the worst way to solve a dispute in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Why is it the worst way, do you think? Because there's a, it's a waste of resources, first of all, for the, the litigants, right? And my fellow attorneys, I don't apologize for this, um, but the lawyers are the only ones that really make out well in a litigious situation, hmm. especially in the, in the field of divorce law, because it's not that challenging to terminate a relationship. It's not. The court is set up 
in a way that it's very systematic. But when people start to create certain elements to uh, the situation and stir the pot, as they say, and drive emotions and create things that don't need to be there in order to win, right? In order to push and pull and push and push and push to break the other person and get them to submit. But yet the end usually is somewhere near where it would be had you sat down and said, listen, we know what we're trying to do here. Let's figure out how to do it without hating one another. So the resources are lost. The relationships are lost. You, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster for the people. Um, I mean, just the thought of sitting at your dinner table and the doorbell ringing, it's the sheriff. Yeah. I mean, how unsettling is that? I don't care who you are. Most people are horrifically afraid to go to court, right? I don't know why. Maybe it's because of what they see on TV or what in the movies or what have you. But that fear is, 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 uh, es- just escalates to a point of, um, they're out of control. Right. And if you could avoid that, wouldn't you opt to avoid that? I think unless you really want to see somebody squirm, which there are people that are like that and mediation won't work, unfortunately, because there are, that's their IF. Some people want to see other people squirm. I get uncomfortable when I see other people squirming. Like I always want to help them out of the situation that they're in. Um, you know, if it's a, if it's a heavy, heavily leveraged situation, but you know, you, you talk about the, the resources part of it, you know, the, um, the envy, right. And you see the billionaires are a huge target right now, right? Do they have too much? Mm-hmm. Sure. They earned, they earned it ish. Right. I mean, it's, what was that, Tom? Was that a flying quotation mark? It was a moth. Oh, got it. <laughs> but there, there's a lot of resentment toward them right now. A lot of people are very angry with billionaires right now. Yep. Well, yeah. Is it is it fair? I don't know. Depending on how they made their billions, I think it could be justified. Right. The whole the whole thing we dealt dealt with a couple of weeks ago with uh, GameStop, right? How how that was all handled. Which, by the way, I can't believe that story has gone away mm. so quickly and so, so easily. Yeah, and interesting. And it, go ahead. No, I say it's interesting, right? Well, it is interesting until you realize who owns all of the newspapers and the media, right? And some people are angry about that, too. They want that to change. Well, they're controlling a message. Yeah. Right? Envy and suspicion. You recognize rage, and then what do I want to see different? Am I envious of someone that they have more than me? Or am I suspicious that they want to take something from me? But the thing is, if you're doing it, everyone's doing it. These are the first three steps. And what they do is how to manage your own anger. Okay, 
I'm going to recognize my anger. Remember, anger is limbic. It's sometimes irrational. But recognition is prefrontal. The prefrontal cortex, the ability to think things through, solve problems, execute a plan, anticipate what will happen next. So as soon as you recognize you're anxious, you are shifting your brain from the limbic system to the prefrontal cortex. This is part of the way our brains are designed. This is the neuro, the neurology of our brain. It's the coolest thing. And what I'm saying is if you're doing it, everyone's doing it. So think about this. If anger is an emotion designed to change things, it's not always your anger that gets in the way of your success. Very often it's somebody else's anger that gets in the way of your success. So the next four steps that we're going to go through is how to manage somebody else's anger. And Mark, the first thing you're talking about is project peace. I mean, that's what you're talking about. Instead of being angry and irritated, which is only going to activate anger or fear in someone else, what happens when you're peaceful? When you're projecting peace, you're using another part of your brain, something called mirror neurons. You've gone to a movie and you see someone sad in the movie, you feel sad. They're up on a screen. They're, they're a movie. But you experience the emotion because what they have done is activate the neurons in your brain, the brain cells that mirror other people's emotions. How many times when you get angry, does somebody else get angry? Because you've activated their mirror neurons. But what happens when you use this step of projecting peace? You've got somebody who's angry with you. Remember, they're trying to change things. They're envious of you or suspicious of you. Something's going on that they're angry with you. But you project peace and you now influence their mirror neurons. Remember, you control no one. You influence everyone. Part of the I am. Small changes can have big effects, part of the I am. You project peace. Think about people who are peaceful for a moment. What's it like being around someone who's just, just sort of calm? You know, in the face of, of fear or anger or, or some sort of stress, and they're calm. Don't you want someone like that in your workplace? Don't you want someone like that right in your tribe, in your group, so that when faced with some confrontation, they can be the person who begins the negotiation, that mediation. You project peace. You begin calming down somebody else's brain. Have you ever done that? Ever been in a situation where that's happened to you? Where you've been able to project peace? I, I can tell you a story about what happened to me is um, I look out my window one day, and there's a guy in my front yard putting up a sign for a yard sale. And he's putting up a sign on my yard for a yard sale several houses down. Now, I could have gone out and said, get that sign out of here. What, 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 what are you doing? Why are you putting up? It's my property, not your property. Why are you putting a sign up? But I went out, and I said, hey, Yard sale? What's going on? He thought I was going to come out and tell him he couldn't put the sign up. And the first thing he said was, I can put the sign here because there's a fire hydrant down here. That's a public property. I said, 
I'm, I'm not telling you can't put the sign there, but just curious, yard sale, what's going on? This man then began to tell me, because I projected peace, that it was a yard sale that actually he didn't really want to have. It was a yard sale of his wife's belongings who had died three or four years before on their anniversary day. Um. It was their anniversary. He was downstairs making breakfast. He goes upstairs to give her breakfast in bed and she was gone. And there were all these things of hers, things that she'd never opened, you know, dresses and shoes she'd never worn. If I had gone out there angry, envious that this guy was doing something, suspicious that he was on my property, I would never have learned that story. I would never have known what this man was going through and how difficult it was for him. Because, you know, you think of a yard sale, you think of people just getting rid of their junk. That's not what was happening with this man. When you project peace, you have an opportunity to help some other brain be peaceful. If you've got two angry brains, you have two limbic brains, two irrational brains, two impulsive brains, you know that that usually doesn't work out very well because you keep prodding each other, stimulating each other, going deeper and deeper into these primitive emotional places that we all have, but that we don't need to rule us anymore. So you project peace. Mirror neurons, remarkable, remarkable part of who we are. Just think about that. How many times have you sort of just felt sad? You're just watching a movie and you see someone crying and you, you just feel sad. Has that ever happened to you guys? Of course. Right? Because we are connected. We're connected as human beings. But then what I did with this guy was the next step. So I'll just go through them. Recognize rage, envision envy, sense suspicion, project peace, mirror neurons, engage empathy. Engage empathy. When you begin to wonder that I see domain of the I am, how is this person seeing me? How do I see them? They are interested in what I think or feel about them. And empathy is based on another part of our brain. It's still in the prefrontal cortex, which I think is not a coincidence, called theory of mind. Not theory of evolution, theory of quantum mechanics. We can't see someone's mind, so we have to theorize and guess, what are they thinking or feeling? What are they thinking or feeling about me? We theorize about somebody else's inner world. That's empathy. What happens when you engage empathy with someone? They begin to recognize that you see them a certain way, not necessarily as a threat to them, 
and not necessarily someone superior to them. You engage empathy. Isn't that part of what's happening in mediation? Isn't that part of what you're maybe trying to get to by projecting peace and saying, hey, 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 you know, we keep going down this fight pathway, pathway, where's it going to lead us? What do you think? Well, that's exactly what you're you're trying to do. You project peace to bring common sense to the situation, right? Step away from the emotion, right? And engaging the empathy is is certainly a, a strategy to help open up the dialogue, right? But then you run the risk of, well, you're, you're obviously, you're, you, you're favoring that person as opposed to me. But to engage empathy on both sides, it definitely will drop that outer shell. Yeah. Right? And make you feel part of them, right? So that they are, you are with them. Right, exactly. In, in the in the in the uh, desire to resolve the dispute, not necessarily saying I agree with you, this one's this one's a knucklehead. You right. Know? It's it's let's figure out how to do this peacefully. Right. But it lays the foundation for the next step. Right. Which is communicate clearly. Think how many words we came up with just for the word anger. It's remarkable human beings can communicate clearly at all. But this is our greatest tool. This is our greatest invention as human beings is language. And being able to communicate clearly. What is going on about your resources, residence, relationships? Are you, do you think I'm trying to take something? What, what are you angry about? What do you want to see different? When you begin to engage empathy and then communicate clearly, other people begin to recognize, wow, I don't need to be limbic anymore. I can shift over to my thinking part of my brain and not just my emotional part of the brain. Can you guys try this exercise for me? All right. And, and, and listeners, you can try this too. Um, I want you to say this sentence. Remember this one, Tom? I do. Yeah. I am having lasagna for dinner. Tom, why don't you start? I am having lasagna for dinner. I am having lasagna for dinner. Great. Now, Mark, if you could say the exact same words, but as a question... Exact same words, same order, exact same words, but as a question. I'm having lasagna for dinner? Excellent. (laughs) Now, Tom, I want you to say it as a demand. I'm having lasagna for dinner. Yep, great, great. And now, Mark, this one sometimes makes people giggle, but as a seduction. I'm having lasagna for dinner. <laughs> I love it. It made me giggle. <laughs> so, so look at this. The exact same words, but a different meaning, depending on how you say it. 
yeah. different inflection, a different tonality, a different cadence, a different melody, a different music. The exact same words can have different meanings. So communicating clearly may not always be as easy as you think, but it is critical, critical in really being able to manage someone else's anger. Because when you project peace and you've calmed their brain down, you've engaged empathy and sent them the message that you're interested in why they're angry, not defensive about it. I'm not going to let your anger activate my fear. I'm just interested, part of what the I am is about. I want to look again. Why are you angry? Talk with me, not to me, but with me. Talk with me. I mean, the reason I want the book out there right now is because I think we have an opportunity in our country as never before. Because we know there's anger. We know that there are these huge differences. We know that there's the fear. We know that there's the suspicion. We know there's the envy. But can we now communicate about it? Can we use the I am approach to look again at why people are angry instead of judging them for it? Can I appreciate that you have a different perspective than me? And that I have a different perspective than you, but that doesn't mean I see you as less valuable. Just because I have a different perspective doesn't mean I'm devaluing you. Just the opposite. I'm interested. The more I can learn from you about your perspective, the more I understand, and I think the safer we all feel. There's anger in the world right now. People want to see something different. I want to know what it is. And I think that outsmarting anger is the way to get there. Because we can communicate clearly. And then we can do the seventh step. And we trade thanks. We trade thanks. Thank you for telling me what was going on with you. I so appreciate that. Thank you. 90% of the time or so in our world, in our culture, when somebody says thank you, what does the other person say in return? You're welcome. You're welcome. Think about those words. You're welcome. You're welcome into my group. You're welcome to my resources, my residence, my relationships. I'm not envious that you've got more. I'm not suspicious you're going to try to take something from me. You've projected peace. You've engaged empathy. You've communicated. When you trade thanks, you remind me of my value. Thank you. You're welcome. It's the power of respect. Right. It's about keeping it frontal. You know, proactive, planning instead of being reactive. Proactive planning, those are prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. It's all about thinking things through, as opposed to being limbic and being reactive. So I think it's great. And limit the worrying, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I just want to just go through the seven steps, and I just want you to think about it, because 
I love acronyms, right? An acronym is where every letter in a word stands for another word. So just think about it. Recognize rage, envision envy, sense suspicion, project peace, engage empathy, communicate clearly, and trade thanks. What you got? What's it spell? Say that again. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Yep. Yep. Respect. Respect. And both sides. Because respect is a two-way street. But this idea of give respect to get respect, just give respect. You know, over time, you'll get it back. Because when's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? It doesn't happen. So anger is an emotion designed to change a behavior. But respect is a behavior designed to change an emotion. It's powerful. It's a way that we engage with each other as a group. You're welcome. If you're part of a group, when you're part of a group, I think you feel safer. You know? I think you just feel safer. And respect leads to value. And I, you know, published something. Why is this value thing so important? Why does every single person you've ever met want to feel valued by somebody else? I think it's because of this. I think it goes way, way back in our evolution way, way back in our history as we were evolving as a human being, as a human species. So millions of years ago, we weren't the biggest animal. We weren't the fastest animal. We weren't the strongest animal. We were isolated mammals scurrying around, hoping not to be lunch. We were prey. And then we formed these social groups. And our survival potential increased so dramatically, human beings are everywhere. But to access the protection of that group, you have to contribute something to that group. You have to have value. So whenever our brain perceives that somebody else sees us as less valuable, it activates a primitive, primitive survival response. And that can be rage, it can be fear, it can be freeze, it can be one of the three Fs, fight, flight, freeze. Fight, anger, flight, anxiety, freeze, I think it's depression. That's why we want to feel valued so much. That's why the I am is such a powerful tool for that. Because if everyone's doing the best they can, that means... You respect them and you see them as valuable and then they trust. They trust that you're not going to try to kick them out of the group. They trust that you're not going to try to take something from them or be more powerful from them. That allows you to unleash your unlimited human potential. That's the power of respect. So Outsmarting Anger, it lays a foundation for the next book. It's not going to go into the I am approach. By design, it wasn't. It was really just focusing 
on this one part of it. You know, when's the last time you got angry at someone treating you with respect? And you know that you don't. You think about it. This book explains why. And this book explains how you can then use respect to defuse somebody else's most dangerous emotion. So how are we going to do that in our country right now? Because people are feeling so disrespected. Don't you think so? I mean, somehow, because you do this, I have to respond and do that? I don't know. I'm just interested. Why are you doing that? I'm not judging it. I'm just really interested. So if the best someone else can do is judge me when we talk about this, that's where I am. Mm. Huh. I wonder why they're doing that. What's going on in their home or social domain? What's going on in their biological or IC domain? That the best they can do is judge me. That's fascinating to me. Rather than judging them back, I'm not going to let them activate my mirror neurons where we project onto others what we're thinking and feeling ourselves. But this is what the book is about. The first three steps, we're all doing it. We are all perfectly capable of anger. We are capable of having a limbic response. But the next four steps help you keep it frontal. Stay in your prefrontal cortex, right? Mirror neurons are right next to it. Theory of mind, right in it. And then there's language, which incorporates so much brain. And then when you feel gratitude from someone, that combines that limbic sense, but also oxytocin. Not oxycontin, but oxytocin. So, you know, at the end of the show, I ask our guests, small changes have big effects. What small change can you offer the audience? So I'm offering it to you right now, folks. Recognize rage. Do the seven steps to diffuse your own most dangerous emotion. And of course, I'd love it if you bought the book. You can go to Amazon, right? You got to look because you'll see all other books because there's the old version of Outsmarting Anger and some of those are selling for like 150 bucks. Look for the one that's $15.99, paperback copy. You can get it. You control no one, you influence everyone is the second truth of the I am. I want to be this kind of influence. I want people to understand the I am and how you are doing the best you can do at every moment. But if you don't like it, instead of judging yourself as less than and broken, look again. Look again at the influence of the four domains and make a small change. It'll be so much fun. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Outsmarting Anger, Amazon.